Welcome to The Cruise Biz, a series of exclusive podcasts brought to you by Stuart Pearl and Philip Ordiva of The Cruise Strategy Company, dedicated to supporting UK travel agents sell more cruise. Today we're listening into the second episode of a conversation recorded from their home offices with three renowned travel writers, Jane Archer, Sarah Macefield and Janine Williamson. What was the latest figure? Over two million. We Brits really like our cruises these days, don't we? It has to be all the choice there is now. Don't you think so, Janine? Well, I absolutely agree, Jane. And I would probably start by saying one of my bugbears is, and I'm sure that both of you have heard this, when sort of people say, oh, you know, obviously never been on a cruise. Oh, I'd never go on a cruise. And I sort of set it as my challenge to find the cruise for them because it would almost be like an analogy to say, oh, I never go to a hotel because all hotels are the same. I mean, like with, just like with cruises, I mean, you've got boutique hotels, um, very affordable hotels, very chic hotels, sophisticated hotels, casual ones, big resorts, luxury hotels, and it's exactly the same with cruises. And I think that is the massive attraction of a cruise holiday because there is so much choice. I mean, you can go on a river ship in Asia with just 10 passengers on board, or you can go on the most fantastic glittering ships and the most amazing entertainment and restaurants with thousands of people on board and it's all down to choice and that's what's so important that people know there is so much out there and not just group it all into one big bag I mean what do you think Sarah? Yes I mean Janine I find it very frustrating when people just do dismiss cruising because they base their opinion on the big mass market ships that are out there that are in the headlines etc and those still offer a very good product but they are not the entire cruise market by any means as you've just sort of outlined. I mean the one thing I always say um, is, is to people is if they've never cruised before and they're a bit befuddled by the choice as, as you can easily be um is to look at the sort of hotel that they would choose if they want a big resort hotel with lots going on if they go for a small boutique hotel you know that has a cozy atmosphere that's sociable um you know a house party type sort of environment then go for some of the smaller more individual cruise ships and again you know this is where i think travel agents and the trade come into it you know you have the specialist cruise agents that really know their staff and they can really lead people into the right direction and into really the best sort of cruise that suits them I mean it's it is so important because unlike a hotel if you don't like it you can't check out the following day um but it's it's it is a crucial it is a crucial you know a crucial factor and of course the other one is destination i mean they say that people choose you know their cruises really based on the destination um and that that choice is is growing i mean jane i mean don't you think even in the time you know you've been writing about cruise the range of destinations now is just incredible It's absolutely extraordinary. And I must admit, I am for sure, I'm a destination junkie. Uh, That's what I love going on cruises for, all of the different places that you can go to. I mean, I've been to so many places I would never have dreamed possible when I was growing up. You know, so Antarctica, the Arctic and the South Pacific. I've been to all of these places on cruises. And I think people don't actually realise that you can get to these places on a ship. And actually, sometimes it's the only way that you can get there. It's, it's, it's a fantastic way to do it. Um, and, and, but you don't have to go to such extremes if that doesn't appeal either. You know, a lot of people, oh, I don't want to go to Antarctica, it sounds cold, or I don't want to go, it's too far away, this, that, and the other. Well, that's fine. 
there are destinations so close to home. You know, sailing around the UK, uh, as we've spoken about before, uh, is, a, is a wonderful way to do it. You don't have to go you don't have to go far from home and you can cruise from the UK. So you can go to the Mediterranean, get on a ship in the UK, cruise to the Mediterranean. It's so easy to do. I think that, yes, Jane, I think you're right. I mean, that is a key factor really um, that we have in the UK is whether you go ex-UK, i.e. depart from, from one of the ports on our shores or whether you do a fly cruise. And I always say to people, you know, ex-UK cruising is really led by Southampton, but you have a lot of other ports now around the UK, you know, whether it's Dover, whether it's, you know, um, Liverpool, Glasgow or Greenock, um, you know, lots of ports now that you can depart from. Um, and it's, it's ideally suited for people traveling with young children, um, for perhaps more elderly passengers, you know, anyone that doesn't want to fly, go through airports. It's, it's a very slick process and your holiday starts as soon as you get on board. And of course, you don't have luggage restrictions because you can take whatever you can fit in your cabin pretty much. Um, in terms of sort of fly cruising, um, that is a fairly seamless operation, really. You know, if you're going down to somewhere like Barcelona, which has a huge choice of departures, you're going to the Mediterranean, your holidays start straight away. Um, you know, the flight is quite short. You have the coaches picking you up from the airport. It's less than an hour down to the port. Again, the sun is more likely to be shining there. You can go further afield, um, you know, within a week um, if you have a Mediterranean cruise that starts right in the Mediterranean than perhaps the two days that it takes, say, down from the UK so I mean there are pros and cons to each but I think that you know they're two very good choices that, that British consumers have actually you know we are, we are very lucky like that and, and and again there has been so much choice now which is fantastic we you know we can go on big ships out of the UK we can go on smaller ships out of the UK we can fly as you say very very easily to somewhere like Barcelona and there again, there is a huge choice of, of itineraries that we can do there. We can go a little bit further uh, and, and even more choice in Greece, for instance, and cruises around Greek Isles and so on and so on, which is great. But, but I was also going to mention the fact that in this time I've been doing cruising, which is an awfully long time now when I think about it, um, the age has come down, which is, which is great as well. Because originally, I remember when I first took my daughter on a cruise, people were absolutely askance by that. I said, oh my God, fancy taking a child on a cruise. And why wouldn't you? I mean, it is a fantastic holiday for children. And more and more people have realised that now. Uh, and it doesn't matter what their ages are. I mean, obviously, if they're very, very small, it's not they're not necessarily going to remember it. But um, she started when she was six. And... She has been on so many cruises and so many different types of cruises. So you start off with the family ships with lots and lots of things for them to do. And then you can gravitate towards the, the smaller, maybe the more luxurious ships, because actually, you know, when they get a bit older, they get a little bit better behaved. And then you can graduate onto the rivers and so on and so on. It's, and they can get all of these wonderful experiences. Um, and then as they carry on, they want to go on cruises as well. So, you know, in their 20s, they start to go on cruises. There was a, when, uh, gosh, was it last year when I was on a, on a river ship and I was uh, talking to my daughter um, by FaceTime and, and I said, because I always insist that she has to see where I am when I'm on a ship and I was showing her around and her reaction was, oh, when I come home next year, um, I don't really actually want to come home. So maybe we could do a river cruise together. 
Now, to me, that says it all. That says what the, what the different ages that want to now do cruises. It's fantastic, I think. How about you, Janine? I mean, I absolutely agree. I've seen the age come down. And I think what is great is that there are now lines that are specifically gearing themselves as well for younger passengers who, who might think, well, do I really want to go on a cruise? But then if they see something like there's been river cruises for, or younger passengers, or the young at heart, so you can go whatever age you are. Um, and I think that's been a big stride forward. I mean, there are now on the big cruise ships, they actually have music festivals at sea, which look amazing. I've never been on one, but I know people that have, and they look absolutely fantastic. You know, you, know, they, you can party all day long, they have big name stars on them, and they attract a much younger crowd. Um, and even, I mean, at one time, 10 years ago, for example, possibly even shorter than that, you would never hear the word river cruise and families in the same sentence, um, you know, because people, one time you think with river cruises, you know, you're just going to towns and having fairly standard city tours. But now there's a fantastic range of dedicated family river cruises. I mean, you know, what child is going to be entranced by, you know, fairy tale castles along the Rhine? And there are cruises where you can go in Italy um, and all the family, you can go to pasta making classes, you can go to Rome and be a gladiator for a day. And I mean, I think they're great for families you know, that all want to stay together and do things together. And, you know, children absolutely love them. I must say, I can speak from experience. I did my first cruise when I was 18 months with my parents, so consequently no memories of that. But I took my daughters when they were three years old. They're now nearly 18. They've done 27 cruises and we have you know, as you've just described, Janine, we've done the um, the river cruising, which they did their first one when they were 13 and absolutely loved it. The scenery, surprisingly. But we have done all sorts. We've done the big ships. We've done the, the luxury ships, the smaller ships, and they have enjoyed them all. I mean, I have to say the top one really was really the Galapagos Islands and the chance to sort of go swimming with the sea lions and the penguins and absolutely amazing destination for any age but there is so much that cruising offers for children from the kids clubs which are just fantastic and they offer so much for children to do um, and you can it frees you up as parents as well so it's 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 really um, an incredible product and so much is included for that and you can leave them on board depending on the line but you can leave them on board when you go ashore as well so it's 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 really good but in terms of sort of looking perhaps to, to, to millennials which is obviously the big generation that that cruise lines want to attract and and um, and even younger i mean you are seeing the cruise lines now coming out for example uniworld who we cruised with as a family cruise last year but they have their you by uniworld brand um specifically targeting the sort of millennial generation with activities to match you've just had virgin voyages that launched their first ship scarlet lady back in february just before lockdown um and again they didn't have buffets for example that was something that they'd already sort of decided not to do um but they have a you know a lot of different restaurants there's a lot of um focus on instagrammable um attractions on board and you're seeing a lot more thought going into that now i think on on general cruise ships as well i'm thinking of celebrity edge which has got really cutting edge designs um and again these instagrammable moments and it's all about attracting the more sort of selfie conscious type sort of consumer and i think that is how very much how cruising is changing i mean you know jane i mean i don't know if that's something you've noticed from the various trips you know lines are sort of almost reaching out to those different audiences now in terms of the cruising profile 
Very much so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, once upon a time, it, it was cruising for older people, wasn't it? Even the cruise lines were geared up for older people, but it's changed completely. And and this whole thing about, you know, sort of what's 60 is the new 40, and they have got so many things for people to do of whatever age it is. I mean, Janine, you were there talking about the river cruises, family family river cruises. I even think that don't even bother with the family cruises because you could have a fantastic time. I never, I never took my daughter on a family cruise per se. We just went ashore and we found our own fun and we did our own things. And sometimes we did the tours because it's quite interesting to get a little bit of a background about the place that you are. And then you stay where you are, stay in town or wherever, and you have some lunch and you go and explore on your own. And it is, it's a great opportunity for young people to do things on their own. I remember taking her to, to, uh, to St. Petersburg um, and I said, well, okay, she wanted to go on the underground. I said, okay, you find your way on the underground. She got it completely wrong, of course, because she couldn't read the alphabet. Luckily I can, but I allowed her to get us, get us completely lost. So then we had to walk back back to to the city, but it was a great opportunity. She felt as if she was in control, and I think that that is a really important thing for for kids. But also talking about the way that it's involved, of course, is the way that you've now got so many more all inclusive cruises, and they are all inclusive. Not all of them all all inclusive, but one or two of them are including things, and more and more they are including things. And that is a really important thing that is drawing people, I think, to this type of travel, because it's very, it's great to be able to pay a price and then that's it. You don't have to worry whatsoever. And I hear a lot of people say, oh, I don't want my drinks included and I, you know, I'm not going to be drinking that much. But actually, it's not necessarily about how much you drink when you have included prices for drinks. It's the fact that it becomes also very sociable. And so you can join other people and nobody's there thinking, oh my goodness, I don't want to talk to other people because they might want me to buy them a drink later or so. You can all just relax and have a glass of wine or whatever it is you want. And it all, as I say, it all becomes really very, very sociable. Um, it does look expensive. I think that that's one of the things that, that cruise lines have to get over. The headline cost, if you've got an all-inclusive, it does look very expensive but you've got to look at, at the end price. What are you actually going to be paid by the end of your holiday, as opposed to what are you paying at the start? I think that's a good point, Jane. And I do think the value of cruising is something that is re really needs to be understood. And particularly, again, when you're traveling with a family and the children always wanting drinks and ice creams. And I've done trips where we stayed in a hotel a few days beforehand, and then we've got onto the ship. And, you know, the girls have just wanted all, you know, the extras as children do. And I thought, oh, I'll be so glad when we're on the ship because then you can get the soft drinks. You know, you can get soft drinks free um, if you're looking for non-branded and you just go into the, um, the buffet, for example, um, and they can just help themselves the machines and also the ice cream machines as well. But it's the value. It's the entertainment that you're getting, you know, the shows, um, all the activities on board. You know, so much of those are included um, and it's a lot more than you would get from from any, you know, any land resort or anything like that. The fact you do have food available virtually 24-7 on some ships, you know, the incredible value on cruising, I just think is pretty unbeatable. I mean, Janine, I mean, how are you finding it? And also, you know, river cruising as well. That's another one with great value. 
Well, yeah, it's interesting because often, you know, a lot of, because I do quite a lot of river cruising and, you know, I've had friends say to me, oh, we'd love to go on a river cruise, but they're so expensive, you know, as James, and when you look at the headline price. However, I say, okay, well, let's break it down. You know, you're on holiday, you know, you're going to enjoy a glass, you know, you know, gin and tonic before lunch, maybe, then wine with your lunch, and, you know, everything's included. And it's really good value. I said, you add that up, you know, you go to some destinations that are very expensive. Would you say if you've got children, one more ice cream, one more fizzy drink, you know, on the river cruises, you don't have to worry, like Jane said, <laughs> being a social client, not sitting with people because you're worried you've got to fork out, you know, 12 pounds for a glass of champagne for them. It's there for you. You don't need to worry about having a nightcap. And I love things like the theatre. And, you know, I would say, as you said, Sarah, the entertainment on cruise ships now is absolutely fantastic you know gone are the sort of cliched end of the pier shows that you had years ago i mean you're now seeing big name broadway and west end shows that are adapted for cruise ships down to sort of 50 minutes or so all included in the price and they are absolutely incredible you've got Cirque du Soleil at sea okay yes for that you might have to pay a nominal price to go in but it's nothing like the price you'd pay at home and i mean you think if you went to a um you know, up to London to see a show. I mean, you've got all your travel, you've got drinks, meal out, and you've got to get a taxi home. Not on a cruise ship. You just go and see it, enjoy it for free, then go and have a drink after and, and go back to your cabin at the end. And a lot more ships actually are doing these West End shows. So, so for example, Greece, Hairspray, Mamma Mia, and they really are top quality. I mean, in the ships I've been on over the years, I have seen some of the best shows I have ever seen on cruise ships. Um, you know, and, and some of the, you know, as I said, you're getting the West End productions, the Broadway productions, but you're getting some original shows as well. And the, the quality is mm. such a high standard. Um, and then talking of sort of house party atmospheres or social atmospheres on board. The other thing I think is really good. And I'm sure we've all been on, you know, on cruises where we've been on our own because we've, we've organized press trips. And so we are traveling solo. Um, the other thing I think is, is really good is, is the sort of sense of sort of belonging, the sense of community and also the sense of security as well. And, and I think, you know, that, that's something that you particularly think of if you're traveling long haul or you're, you know, you're exploring South America on a ship. But you, you have got that group that you're within, um, you know, your fellow travelers um, for excursions, um, getting to know them on board. You know, you can go to the wildest, most remote part of the world. Um, and yet I think you will feel safe on a ship. And you will feel that, you know, you have a community of people around you. I mean, I don't know, you know, Jane, how have you sort of felt with it with that? I think that's absolutely true. I mean, a lot of the cruises that I do, I am on my own. And actually, I really do enjoy being on my own um, because it, because it does encourage you to socialise, which is a lovely part of it. But it's also very nice to go and explore on your own if that's what you want to do. Um, but others don't want to do that. And they've got the tours there so that that gives them the safety and the security. I remember doing a cruise over in Asia um, and the woman, this woman that I met on board, she was absolutely shocked that I'd been around and about in Hong Kong on my own. I had a fantastic time going around Hong Kong and digging out a few restaurants and, and going up to Victoria Peak and all the rest of it. And she was absolutely shocked that I'd done that on my own and said that she would never go ashore on her own, but she went on the tours and so she had a great time on the tours. So it's a wonderful way for people who are traveling on their own to be able to, to do as they want and to be part of a community instead of feeling that, oh my goodness, I've got, you know, I've got nobody to go with and therefore I can't go anywhere. 
you've got that ready-made community if you wanted you can go and do your own thing if you wanted so from that point of view cruise fits everybody i mean there is there is a something there that works for everybody and, and if you want to dive in as i said earlier if you want to dive in and do a bit of a tour and then maybe scoot off midway or at the end of it and then go off and do your own thing it's easy to do that as well so it, it really does work um, and you've got the safeties, the security, which, whatever you want from it, which is, which is wonderful. Hmm. And just touching on what you said, Jamie, I mean, the other thing, cruising is fantastic for solo travellers in, in every sense, because A, you might travel alone, but you're never going to be alone. You will always have company if you want it. There are organised get-togethers, you can have buddies going with you on excursions. But also it's great value for money because so many cruise lines now have stopped single supplements, they have special sailings, you know, with offers on board. Single cabins now are amazing. They're no longer dark inside cabins. They have balconies, there are single suites. Um, there are river ships which have dedicated sailings just for solo travellers, where you just pay the price for single passengers if you were travelling with somebody else. So you can push the boat out quite literally and book yourself into a suite and just pay what you would pay if you were traveling with a companion. And I think that's amazing value for people. And as you say, they've got the safety and security of always being with somebody if they want it. And many cruises also offer, you know, transfers to the airport from your home. So literally there is nothing to worry about. Everything's taken care for you. And, and if you want to, of course, you've also got the escorted cruise products. So companies that will actually do the whole thing. So they will even, you know, they will meet you at the airport before you leave the UK. They will have somebody, as you say, to meet you at the other end. They will have um, a tour leader who will take the cruise with you. So you have always got that person there as a point of contact. I mean, companies like Titan and, and Saga, Great Rail Journeys, they are there. They, they give you somebody to look after you if that's what you want. And, and it, that's a great selling point. Mm people who are nervous about traveling and there are quite a lot of people who don't want to be on their own are worried about that moment that that if you are alone that you would have to I don't know walk into into the into the bar or go and eat and you don't know whether you're going to have to sit on your own or whether you'd be able to sit with other people and if so how do you find those other people so it is a very important sector of the market if you've enjoyed listening to this episode, look out for more insightful CruiseBiz chat on your podcast app or at cruisestrategy.co.uk. Mm-hmm.